Welcome, those of you that like sports. This is What's Up, Doc, episode three. I am Nick Dockweiler, joined by John Michael and Dan Driscoll. And oh boy, do we have an episode for you, part two, because Dan, you went down swinging last week and it did not look good. Dan, tell me about how you're feeling about your takes last yeah, week. Yeah, that was bad. I'm not feeling really good. Thank goodness I graduated college yesterday or else the week would have just been a total wash. Um, yeah, the Bruins lost. You know, it is what it is. The Lightning lost. I knew I shouldn't have made that pick, but I did. Thank goodness I still have one possible sweep left. But I'm, I, I, I don't think they're. they're I don't think it's. I don't think they're going to sweep them. They better. We can talk about it later. But yeah, it was a bad week. Yeah, I look. It's going to happen to all of us. Uh, not to me yet, but you know, to you guys, it's happened. Uh, John Michael, I'm going to go over to you. How are you feeling about your Lakers? Pick? Yeah, listen, they're up two one. Uh, they have game four at home tonight. We're going to see how it goes, but just know that the Lakers lot haven't lost at home since March 26th. So I am confident that they will win tonight, put the pressure on the Warriors, and maybe this series ends in six. We'll see. We'll see. I am not confident in the Lakers, but we will talk about that later. And finally, the Panthers did the unthinkable. They beat the Bruins in seven. Not only that, though, they have a 3-0 series lead on the Leafs. I thought the Leafs would show some sort of life and win a game. They're going to get swept. Also, my Miami Heat are currently winning game four. They're also going to win in five. I'm on a heater, and you don't know how to stop me. Are you going to apologize to our listeners with headphones now? Yeah, no, no. If our headphones, you guys, they're going to be okay. So that's how our hot takes looked last week. We will continue to spit fire, I guess. I will at least. We'll see about these guys. But uh, let's go ahead and recap where we are in the NBA playoffs. See how we're doing. I have what we picked, where series are at. We're going to start in Miami because, of course, we're going to start in Miami. Uh, The Heat are currently leading the Knicks 2-1, currently leading game four, likely to take a 3-1 series lead. I had the Heat winning in five. John Michael, you had the Knicks in six or seven. Six is about to look impossible. Seven is definitely not going to happen. Dan, you had the Heat in six. You doubted their road prowess. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to start with you, JM. How do you feel about this series? Every time that you speak, I want the Miami Heat to lose worse and worse. (laughs) What? Okay. It is <laughs> so take on the the way the Knicks are playing. Just you don't want the Heat to win because Correct. of me. Yes. Um yes, I don't want the Heat to win because of you. I want you to eat your words and I want your hot takes to be wrong. That is my honest opinion. Now, the Knicks are being the Knicks. They haven't made an Eastern Conference Finals in a very very long time and they're not playing as if they really one to this year either so uh we'll see i still have hope that they could take game four and make this a series it's a close game at the time being we'll see how it goes when our listeners listen they'll know either the heat will be up 3-1 or the knicks will tie it 2-2 and either you will be feeling really good or i will be feeling a lot better about myself that's true hey if the if the knicks lose tonight do you you still believe in them, or are you going to jump on the Miami Heat bandwagon? I will never jump on the Miami Heat bandwagon, but I probably won't believe in the Knicks either. Okay, exactly. Dan, how are you feeling? You had the Heat in six. 
Yeah, no, I feel good about it. I mean, the Heat have looked obviously dominant um, throughout the series. I think it really comes down to bench play, just kind of looking at the box score for the last couple of games. It really doesn't look like the Knicks have had any bench contribution at all, which, as we were talking about the Suns last week, I kind of think that that plays a huge role in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, you can't rely on Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle and RJ Barrett the whole time. You need to be able to share the ball. And, you know, they can do it when the starters are in. At least tonight, it looks like they only have, what, like six bench points. That's pretty terrible. I don't know if that's sustainable i mean if they somehow win this game uh go back to new york you know maybe they can force you know six games maybe game seven that would be fun but i don't know it looks hard to beat miami right now unfortunately for john michael and i yeah yeah well dan you you picked miami don't say i understand nick but there's nothing worse than sitting with you know a co-host that has two teams in the playoffs right now and i'm just sitting here you know hoping that the pirates don't lose an eighth game in the row in a row it's just it hasn't been a whole lot of fun. I'm very happy for you. I say completely That's good. Thank honestly. You. And, yeah. I'm not happy for you at all. Yeah. Pittsburgh sports has taken quite the turn. You know, all the Florida sports have made the playoffs and Pittsburgh's just been watching and it's it must be hey, sad. The Panthers but, can thank you know? the Penguins for blowing it down the stretch and giving them a chance. So you're welcome. That's true. We would not be here if you guys did not lose. Uh, but the Heat, I mean, hey, I called it. I told you guys uh, the Heat. See a path to the NBA Finals. They see they they smell blood. They know they can be, take the Knicks in five. Uh, they would have won Game Two if Jimmy had played. Uh, unfortunately, he turned that ankle and didn't play. But the Knicks barely beat them. Then uh, they're going to lose tonight. They lost Game Four. They're pro- or Game Three. They're going to lose Game Five. Uh, and then the Heat are going to get some rest because th- this next series that we're going to talk about, the Celtics are tied with the 76ers two two. Now, when we were talking about the series, we were talking about Joel Embiid's health. And we all said if Joel Embiid is not healthy enough to play well, uh, we had Boston winning. I did say, I was the one that said, if Joel Embiid is healthy, I have the Sixers winning in six. It's 2-2. I think, honestly, it's going to go to seven. But I want to start with you, Dan. You had Boston in six. How are you feeling about that? Oh, yeah, that? there was another terrible take by me. I'm pretty sure I said that if Joel Embiid doesn't play, that there's no way James Harden can carry the Sixers. Um, you did yeah, say that. Yeah, that was wrong, I guess. <laughs> 42 points. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Uh, Clutch three last night. He looked really good, obviously, um, which just goes to show that if I say anything, probably the opposite will happen. Um, But that being said, I mean, I agree with you. I think it'll go seven. Um, This series is so much fun to watch, honestly, even not being a huge basketball fan, just kind of the back and forth, the way these cities hate each other. I think it makes for really entertaining uh, basketball. Um, I don't really know, I guess, I mean, in terms of, you know, matchups, Jason Tatum didn't play super well. I mean, I don't know if you guys would probably speak more to this. It was Marcus Smart that took the, the last shot, right? Yes. Um, yeah, Mark took it and made it, but it was after the time right, expired. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe you guys can speak more into that if you would have. Um, I don't know if it was Tatum or whoever was driving and ended up throwing the ball out. I, I don't, again, I'm not the most, uh, you know, I don't have the most knowledge when it comes to basketball. But, I, yeah, I mean, that being said, I, I do think, I think seven games would be fun. Um, I'll stick with with Boston winning the series, but I think it'll be really close. Yeah, gotcha. John, Michael, how are you feeling about Boston in Uh, six? I think Boston in six. I think that Boston has been the better team almost every game besides game one. Uh, I think they blew game four. They had it in their grasp. I mean, obviously they were down in the first half and down even in the second half by as many as 13 or something like that. Um, But really, to me... It looks like Boston is the better team, and it just looks like they can't finish. 
which has kind of been their story yeah. all season long. And that's kind of why their head coach, Joe Mazzula, is getting so much heat and some of their stars are getting so much heat is they kind of tighten up towards the end of games when it's within five or six points. And that is shown in this series. Yeah. Game one and game four were uh, the two games that were close at the end and they just couldn't finish either of them. Uh, now, give credit to James Harden, obviously, in both those games. He made big, big shots and big plays, 45 points in game one and 42 points in game four. Um, but to me, I think Boston's a better team and I think game five and six will show that. Yeah, I I think this series, I've said, I said at the start, I think this is a long series. I think I said Sixers and six. I, I'm leaning towards, it's going to go to seven. I think they're going to play a game seven in Boston. And part of the reason I picked the Sixers is kind of what you were just hinting at, John Michael, is that the, the Celtics, it's not just this year. And so it kind of thinks that Joe Mazzula is getting the, the heat for it. For the past four years, the Celtics have not had a closing player. Unlike, and, you know, again, this is my bias, but the Heat know where the ball is going. And if, if it's crunch time and you need a player to take a shot, it's going to be Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler is going to have the ball in his hands and he's going to make the play. And unfortunately, the Boston Celtics don't have that. Jason Tatum sometimes is that guy. Jalen Brown does not really ask for the ball. Uh, you have Marcus Smart taking the last shot, which he made it, but that's not the guy I want with the ball yeah, at the end of the be, game. To be to fair, in in that scenario, both both times at the end of regulation and at the end of overtime yesterday in the game, Jason Tatum was the guy with the ball in his hand, and then a double comes. So it was a good defensive yeah. effort, and then you leave a guy wide open. And so... That to me, that's just a smart basketball play. It's a play that LeBron James would yeah. make. He's not going to shoot in a double team. I'm not blaming. So, so don't take this the wrong way. I'm not blaming the pass. What I'm blaming is, is it feels like Boston doesn't know who they want having the ball. Because uh, at the end of game one, it was Marcus Smart with the ball in his hand, throwing that pass to nobody. And I think it was Tyrese Maxey stole it and went down right. for the easy dunk. And so. They just don't seem like they have that identity of like this person is going to say, give me the ball and get out of the way or at least get into an open spot and let me make the play. Maybe Jason Tatum's trying to take that role or Joe Mazzulla is trying to give that role to Jason Tatum. But I think you get this weird dynamic with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And you even see it in, in like the press conferences after where Jalen Brown's like, I guess I have to demand the ball more. Like he, he seems so done with Boston and barring like, I think it was barring him uh, making an all NBA team, people are saying he's probably out of Boston next year because he, he can get a super max contract if he makes an all NBA team. But if he doesn't, he can get the same contract going anywhere. And he's pretty much done with Boston. It sounds, especially with all the trade rumors that have come out with him. Uh, and so I, that's part of the reason I know the 76ers, they're going to put the ball in Joel Embiid's hands and he's going to make the play like he did it in, at the end of game four and find an open James Harden or take it himself if he gets a one-on-one -on -one matchup. And so I just trust that end game uh better for the Sixers than I do for the Celtics but either way I think it's going to be a long series you're going to get close games like we've had and uh yeah that's that's how I see this series going now let's go ahead and make our our way out west so this series we all I think might be I might have changed our opinion on we have Denver and the Suns Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns tied 2-2 and we all said that we had Denver winning this series in five or six. And uh, John Michael, I want to start with you because you love the Denver Nuggets. Tell me how you're feeling. Uh, I, in a similar way to Boston in six, I think Denver in six for similar reasons. I think that Denver is the more complete basketball team. Um, I don't know 
if Kevin Durant and Devin Booker can sustain the just sheer volume of load that they're carrying. I mean, I'll talk a little bit about it later, but man, Devin Booker is shooting at almost a 70% clip. I mean, he is the highest scoring player in the entire playoffs, and he is playing incredibly well. And then you have Durant, who's kind of coming to his coming into his own, but without a flurry of threes from Landry Shamit last night, it, Phoenix loses that game despite really really awesome efforts from Durant and Booker. Now, I mean. Those two guys are superstars, and they could continue to play well and prove me wrong. But uh, I think that I will take uh, what I know, which and what I can see with my vision, is that Denver is a better team. Uh, and because of that, okay. I feel confident that they'll win in Denver, and then I think that they'll take Game Six uh, down in Phoenix as well. Um, so that's where I'm going: uh, Denver in six. That's fair. All right, Dan, how are you feeling about Denver in six? Uh, oh, man, I don't know. I think this was going to go 7-2. And, I mean, I, I hear you, John. Like, I think it's definitely, I mean, the Phoenix Suns live and die with Durant and Booker. But, I mean, similarly, wouldn't you say that Denver's kind of been living and dying with Jokic and, and Murray? Like, I, you know, obviously they, there is a little bit more, um, you know, point share from the starters. I think both benches have kind of been dismal at this point, obviously besides uh, Shamit last night. But um, I don't know. I, I my original take was that Phoenix didn't have enough depth, and I don't, I don't, I still don't think that they do. But I think if they can find a way to get Aiden more involved, I mean, he's kind of been like in no man's land, and all the talk with him getting a, you know, a contract in the off season, um, them trying to juggle, you know, obviously the little bench that they had to get Durant. I mean, if the two, if if Booker and Durant can continue to play at this clip, I mean, I think they have a chance. I mean, obviously it's not sustainable. I don't know how this is going to work for the rest of the playoffs, but at least for this series, I mean, they're hot now. And, I mean, when you have two of the best players in the NBA playing as well as they are, I mean, they really can't seem to miss. I don't know. I think it'll be hard. Um, I definitely think Denver, if they can, you know, continue with the team effort, uh, they, they should be able to force, you know, seven. Um, oh, man, I don't know. I think with all the smack I talked about Jokic yesterday um, in our text, I, I have to go with Denver in seven. Um, but I, I, I think it'll be closer than what, what we might think. Yeah. So – I am going to stick with Denver winning this series. I think they win in seven. I don't think they win in six anymore. I thought they had to take one of those games on the road to win in six or to win in five or six. I really was thinking Denver in five. And then the Suns came out and won both games. Here's what I'll say. Uh, Jokic needs to needs to figure out how to play some defense because he's sitting on the bench complaining to teammates uh, mid-game saying, it's only two guys, it's only two guys. And yeah, it's only two guys, but you are not the guy that can play defense on either of them. And so to be complaining to your teammates, hey, we need to stop these two, but I'm not going to be the guy to stop these two is kind of ridiculous in my books. I think he needs to figure out how to play some defense this summer. He plays great offense. Devin Booker is playing insane. And, you know, he talked about it after the game. He's never been more open in his career. Uh, Having Kevin Durant on the court means that you really can't double team him because as soon as you do, there's a wide open player. uh, And and that leads to Kevin Durant having a one-on-one shot. Uh, The Suns, I still don't think can keep it up over seven games. These guys are playing 40 plus minutes a night and I just don't see a way that that's sustainable. I agree with John Michael that Denver's the better team, but I, I don't, uh, it's just so hard because I really want to take Phoenix. I just don't know if they can sustain what they're doing. I do think that maybe they, they 
if if game five ends up being kind of a blow, which I kind of see Denver taking a big lead, maybe those guys play less minutes. And so that's kind of why I see them winning game, the Suns winning game six, Denver winning game five. And then game seven is kind of one of those leave it all on the line games. Uh, and I think Denver can squeak it out, but man, those two guys on the same court for Phoenix is kind of scary. And so I'm not changing my pick, but I'm tempted to my change my pick. My jaw is on the floor that you started this rant by criticizing Jokic for not being able to match up with Booker and Durant. Are you kidding me? Have you looked at the body type of Jokic and what he does offensively, and then you're criticizing him saying, oh, you know what? Why aren't you playing defense on Durant and Booker? Complaining. If he doesn't, if he's not sitting on the bench saying we have two guys that we have to guard, he's if right. you really feel, yeah, he's right. But he's can't he cannot guard them, and so that's why I'm saying it's kind of ridiculous to say why can't you guys guard them? That I don't no, like that mentality. No, if if you, feel like you guys are you, I'm going to say put me on him. Let me stop that guy. He's yeah, but he's and he so doesn't I, have a LeBron James body type where he can match up one through five. Well. I, either way, he – all right, I guess that's a fair point. I'll give you that. He can't match up one through five. I think he could try to guard Kevin Are Durant. Obviously, serious? he can't. Kevin yeah, Durant, that would not go well. Kevin Durant, he's like arguably one of the greatest basketball players, scorers, to ever exist. And you're telling Jokic, who Look, is a last He's a center. Jokic. John Mike, last night you were telling me you think Jokic is the best player in the league, and now you're sitting me sitting here telling me he can't play defense on two one of two guys. Like, come on, man, he's got to be he's got to contribute on the he defensive does, he end. Does he on can't the just he is a rebound point. monster. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you have to pl- you have to guard the shot. They're not missing. <laughs> you have to be able to stop the shooter there's to roles, get a rebound. There's roles. Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, those three guys match up better with Booker and Durant than Jokic. So Jokic would be like the fourth or fifth option to guard one of those guys because those other guys match up better and they don't contribute as much offensively. Look, I'm I'm just saying to sit on the bench and be yelling at these guys to try to guard them and you can't physically That's, take the responsibility okay. yourself, that is the part I don't like, Okay. And and that's and I understand Jokic can't do it, but I'm saying like I don't like the personality of I can't do it, but you guys should be able to. I, yeah, but okay, I think that we can have this conversation another time. But I think that you're just seeing a snippet. What you think is maybe arrogance, I see as potentially leadership. He's getting on his guys to get their roles. I mean that's. That is their job. They're making millions of dollars to try and slow down two guys on the other team while Jokic is out there dropping a 50-piece on the other end. Jokic is doing his job. He needs his other guys to do their job. We'll see. I mean, Jimmy Butler does it on his own. Oh, it always can, goes back it. to Jimmy Butler and the Heat. Let's move on. Roll gag vomit. Let's, Next. Let's move on. We'll go to Lakers and Warriors. So this is game four is uh, tonight. For those of you listening, it'll be yesterday and you'll know the result. But Dan and I both took the Warriors in five. John Michael said Lakers six or seven. Look, I'll start. I had Warriors in five. I thought the Warriors would come out, look at this series and say, let's get a quick series. Let's win our first game at home, win game two, probably lose game three in LA and then win game four and five. That's how I saw the series going. I was wrong. All right. I also did not see 
Anthony Davis doing what he's doing. Now, here's what I will say. It does not matter what kind of game LeBron James plays for the Lakers in, in any of these games. If Anthony Davis does not show up, the Lakers will lose. And so I still have faith that the Warriors are going to win this series because I don't trust Anthony Davis, either with his health or with his mentality, because he has this roller coaster where he plays really well one game, doesn't play well the next. And it just takes two bad games in a row to all of a sudden turn this from 2-1 to 3-2, and they're going home to game six down in the series. And so I don't think what LeBron does in this series matters. He's going to get his 20 points and X amount of rebounds and 10 assists or whatever he's going to get. But he's not the one driving this ship anymore. It's Anthony Davis. And I just don't trust Anthony Davis. I trust Steph Curry. I trust Clay. I trust Steve Kerr. I trust I trust this team. I thought they'd come out and look better against a, a different kind of Lakers team, and they they didn't do it. And so I admit I was wrong. Golden State in five was a bold pick, and I it, it's not looking good. I have some egg on my face for that. And I might have more egg on my face if the Lakers come out and win tonight. But I still believe in Golden State. I think they even the series up tonight. Uh, and then they go back for game five and win that. And it, it probably goes seven now, honestly. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Dan, I'm going to go to you. You were my Golden State buddy in this. So how are you feeling? Yeah, not good. Once again, Dan was wrong. Oh, man, that sucks. But, okay, in all <laughs> seriousness, I think Golden State has to win this game or the series is over. I know it's like, oh, you know, then it'd be three one, like great bold take, Dan. But I mean, in all seriousness, like, yeah, I I would have thought that Steph Curry and Clay Thompson would take over the series. I mean, Clay tried to. Um, what was it like seven threes? I don't know. I don't watch basketball. But either way, I mean, I I would have thought that the shooters would come out and shoot. Um, you know, big lights. You know, they they perform. They they really haven't. I, I like what you said about Anthony Davis. I would kind of compare that to kind of what we see from James Harden, where you know he drops forty two, and then you can't see him on the floor. I mean, very similar. I don't know if I would, uh, you know, lessen LeBron James's impact on the Lakers as much as you did, Nick. I think if you have someone with his caliber, I mean, arguably the greatest player of all time, if he if he's not playing well, I think it's really hard for someone like Anthony Davis or Austin Reeves or anyone else to, to step up with confidence. But if you see LeBron playing with a chip on his shoulder, I mean, yeah, he's old. He's not going to have the same type of impact as he did in years past. But, I mean, have you seen him? Like, he looks like a younger LeBron, which I think is scary. Um, and I think if they win this game, I don't think the series is going to go much longer than six games. Um, still holding out hope for Golden State, but uh, I might have flipped on you, Nick. I'm sorry. I think uh, I think this is the Lakers series to lose. That's all right. That's all right. I will say I don't, I don't think this is a must-win for Golden State. I think even if they lose this game, it just takes one game six victory and then you have a game seven in golden state and that who knows what would happen in that game. But John Michael, how are you feeling about your Lakers pick? Yeah. I mean, I'm not. So what, what is happening in this series is exactly what I thought was going to happen. The matchup for the, everybody said that the matchup for the Lakers was really, really difficult, uh, which I mean, it is trying to guard like three to four guards and, but really the matchup for the Warriors is actually what has been more difficult because they come off of a seven-game grueling series with Sacramento who they match up with. I mean, it's basically like looking at themselves in the mirror, the way Sacramento plays, yeah. right? So now they're mm -hmm. going to one of the most physical teams in the NBA. The Lakers get to the line more than any team in the NBA because they just play a very, very physical brand of basketball, uh, kind of like 90s yeah. style, going in the post, 
Um, they play hard defense, especially with Anthony Davis. They don't shoot, you know, they don't, you know, they're just a different brand of basketball. So I do think yeah. like they have the coaching advantage with Steve Kerr. They, they, yeah. I think have the, the depth advantage um, and just the ability to flurry off points uh, with Curry and Thompson and Poole and the guys that they can bring off the bench. But it's up to if they're able to get hot. Um, and here's the thing. The Lakers, like I mentioned earlier, they haven't lost a home game since like March 26th. And the Warriors were the worst road team this year in the NBA. And now the Warriors That's have to good. take either game four or game six or it's over. So yeah. um, while I do, you know, the Warriors scare me. I think that they can win this series. But do you think, let me, let me say this. Is this a must win for Golden State? If they lose this, no, are I they, are win. they done? No, they're not done. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think, I know they were a terrible road team during the regular season and, you know, Draymond talked about it, I think on his podcast or something, but said something along the lines of, I'm not getting up for a game in, in March or whatever it was or whatever month it was in for a road game. And so and I think they kind of showed that they won two road games in Sacramento. And so I think this team, yes, had a terrible regular season on the road, but I think the playoffs yeah, is a different atmosphere. Even in the playoffs, and, they're two and three on the road so far. So it's not even, yeah, it's which not isn't the worst good. record. I mean, they're basically going one and one on road trips, which is what you want to do in in a playoff series. You don't you don't expect to win both games on the road, but you expect to split. It'll be interesting. I'm I'm really looking forward to the game tonight and uh, be able to talk about this series uh, next week when we recap it. But uh, yeah, we'll see yeah. how it goes. And I do think, like Nick, I do think you're underestimating LeBron. I think, like if even if Anthony Davis has one of his you know sloppy games like he had in Game Two of this series, I still think that there is a possibility to have like a very vintage LeBron game in this series. And if that happens. I think the Lakers can win at home, on the road, wherever, if LeBron plays like that. So I think he's got one of those games That's in fair. him. Um, it might be this series. It might not be till next series if they get through. But um, I do expect to see that from him at some point. Yeah, this is probably, if I'm being honest, this is probably the longest stretch of playoff games we've seen where, I mean, probably since LeBron was a kid playing in the playoffs, where he hasn't had like a takeover kind of game. He's kind of just done his average yeah, but even even his and... average is above average, which is wild. Oh yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not trying to to and don't don't get me wrong, Dan. I wasn't trying to diminish what LeBron's doing. I just don't think the Lakers run on LeBron anymore. I think they run on Anthony Davis, and so that's why I'm saying like, even if LeBron had like a great night, I think if Anthony Davis isn't in it, he's such a He's such a streaky player, and I kind of get that because I, I, when I play basketball, I'm a very streaky player, as John Michael could probably tell you. Uh, but like, if he's not feeling it, he's not feeling it on offense, and he's not feeling it on defense most nights. And so, you know, he's the reason that this that the the Warriors are struggling is because of his presence inside, and so they're not getting really many layups or you know backdoor cuts. None of those are working, and so we'll see how that series goes. You know the uh, by the next time we record the series will either be over or it'll be a game seven on the night that we record. And so that would be, 
very interesting to see. That's our NBA recap. Let's go ahead and go over to the NHL, which we didn't talk about last week. And boy, am I excited to talk NHL this week. And so let me give you just kind of an update on where we're at in the NHL. In the East, you have Carolina leading the New Jersey Devils 2-1. to one. The Devils showed some signs of life uh, yesterday in their game. Didn't take... Didn't go down 0-3, which is important. The Panthers took a 3-0 series lead on the Leafs, and that series looks over. The Leafs have a backup goalie in now. They they just are not clicking their top four players. I think if it have two points the whole series, uh, so not looking good. Over on the West Coast, you have Seattle uh, had a dominant win last night against Dallas, and so they lead their series 2-1. And then tonight you have Edmonton and Las Vegas, in a 1-1 tie, which is probably one of the best series going on right now. And so rather than just pick the series, uh, we kind of want to take this time and, and predict what is the NHL finals going to look like and who's going to come out winning the Stanley Cup. And so I'm going to go ahead and lead off with Dan because he's our NHL guru. Dan, who do you got? Yeah, so I, I definitely think the East is a little more interesting. Um, so I'll start there. I, I really think Florida has to win game four. Um, otherwise, this this could be a longer series than we might think. Um, obviously, uh, Toronto's starting goalie got hurt in the last game. Um, they threw in their backup, uh, Joe Wall, who only I mean, he only went six and one in the regular season. Samsonov was kind of a wagon for them. Um, I think him being out does hurt them. Um, but as we saw last year, um, I mean, I, I I think this entire playoffs revolves around the goalie. If a goalie gets hot, man, teams just play different. Um, which will kind of – I'll bring that up again in a later series. But, um, you know, if Toronto wins this game, they go back home. I just think that they they force it at least to game six. Um, you know, they say that the fourth game is the hardest to win. And I think at the NHL, that's super apparent. you got Austin Matthews um, really coming into his own this year. Um, they're deep. Um, you know, I love Florida. I, I think that they're a great story. I think being the last team in um, and going deep in the playoffs is really fun to watch. Um, but I really think they need to win game four. I, I think they do, um, but let's not. Um, Jack Hughes, um, Nico Hishier, they've been playing super well. Um, you know, the Canes are tough. It's a really tough barn to play in. But um, in the last game, they started um, their starting goalie, uh, Vita Vanacek, for the first time since game two in the first round. Um, kind of their big story was their backup playing super well. Um, but I think getting the starter back in between the pipes and having him play well, I mean, they went down uh, two games. They, they lost games one and two at home against the Rangers. Obviously, they came back and won that series. I think if they win game four, I really think they could be dangerous. Um, they're the fifth youngest team in the NHL, which I think, you know, that plays a big role, right? You don't have as much experience in the playoffs. Um, I think this is Jack Hughes' first deep run. I don't even know if they made the playoffs last year, to be honest. But I think if they, you know, can build their confidence like they have, um, you know, throughout the playoffs, I think they could win. I have them uh, winning. I have them beating the Canes, and I will take the Devils beating uh, beating the, the Panthers in the East. Now, the West is, I don't know, the, the West is always boring to me. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, to be honest, like, it, it's hard to get into those storylines. I'm not a huge Western Conference hockey fan. Um, but with yeah. that being said, Dallas was the huge story. Um, I think going into this round, they were the only team that had relied fully on their starting goalie, Jake Ottinger, um, who has been super good all year. Um, yeah. And he got absolutely buried last night against the Kraken. Um, gave up a ton of goals. I think I saw some stat where he's given up. I don't even know how they judge this stat, but they said if like a similar goalie had taken the same amount of shots as he has, um, yeah. they would have saved five more or something along those lines, which is pretty ridiculous. I mean, 
Um, and that just goes back to, you know, a hot goalie is a hot goalie, but a goalie that's struggling, that's just not seeing the puck well, he's going to struggle. And if there's one team you don't want to give an edge to, I think it's the Kraken. They've got a huge chip on their shoulder, the newest team in the NHL. You know, this is very similar to what the Golden Knights did a couple years ago. Um, and I really do think they're dangerous, man. I, I think Dallas was the favorite out of the West, um, even before the playoffs had started. And I, I think the Kraken take them down. Um, going, and this is a, I really don't care about this series. So let me pull it up. The Golden Knights and the Oilers. Um, it's 1-1. One, it's one, one. Uh, their game three is tonight. And so okay. I think I saw that the Golden Knights were up. Um, yeah, they're up 2-1 at the end of the first. Um, I mean, here's the deal. Like, they, the, the Oilers are the darling of Canada right now. Like, sure, the, the Maple Leafs are the favorite team. Um, but when you have guys like Evander Kane, um, you have guys like Connor McDavid, uh, Dreisaitl's played super well. I mean, I really think that the Oilers are going to be tough to beat. Um, I, I think they probably win the series. Um, I think they win tonight. They probably go six games, but I would love to see the Kraken in, in the Stanley Cup final. I think that would be a super cool storyline. I think yeah. a couple of young teams. I mean, I think the I think the Kraken have the most uh, ex Penguins on their roster, so I'm definitely pulling for them. Um, <laughs> oh, but I'll I'll take the Devils winning the Stanley Cup against the Kraken. Okay, we'll see. Uh, John Michael, what, who do you have winning the Stanley Cup, and who are they who are they playing uh, against? I think that just from sheer star power. Uh, I'm drawn to the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid, obviously, uh, he hasn't been to a Stanley Cup yet. Um, and I don't know. I just remember what Sidney Crosby used to do with the Pittsburgh Penguins back in the glory days, winning three cups. And I think Connor McDavid could lead the Edmonton Oilers to do something similar. Um, so I'm going to take the Oilers out of the West. Uh, and then the East, I don't really know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see... Yeah, I know. But, yeah, I know. I my my <laughs> my mind tells me to go with the Panthers because they could end this series quickly. I think the uh series with the Devils and the Hurricane is going to Hurricanes are going to go at least 6 or 7. Uh they'll get some rest before they play one of those teams. So obviously I think Florida has the advantage, but I just I just I don't know if I could if I don't know if I can do it with, I don't know if I can do it. So I just don't want Nick to be right. And more than that, I don't really <laughs> want Nick to be happy. So, oh, no. <laughs> so because of, because of that, uh, I will take the Carolina okay. hurricanes to beat, okay. to beat the Panthers next round. And then the Edmonton Oilers to beat the hurricane in the Stanley Cup Finals. So Oilers over Hurricane Stanley Cup Finals. That's my final decision. Yeah, look, I'll keep it short. Uh, the Panthers are going to sweep the Maple Leafs. The The Panthers are going to get into a six-game series with either Carolina or New Jersey. Uh, they'll win game six at home. And then I, th I believe they're going to play the Seattle Kraken. And Matthew Kachuk is going to lead the Panthers to the their first uh, championship. I don't know if it's the first eight seed to ever win in the NHL. I wouldn't be shocked if it is, but man, this team is hot. This team's on fire. Bobrovsky, I believe there's a there's a stat out there about goalies that are saving. It, it basically is kind of talking about what you were you were talking about Dan, where like it's expected goals versus goals they've allowed, and I believe there's a tracker for just the playoff goalies, and Bobrovsky is either first or second. I think he's first of the goalies left. 
as far as saving goals that he he's saving more goals than he's expected to right now. And so just like you were talking about a hot goalie, uh, the Panthers have the hottest goalie in the league right now who didn't even play until game four, uh, I believe. Maybe it was game three uh, of their first series. And so he he sat the bench for a while. He sat behind, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Not Spencer Knight. Alex Lyon for a while. Uh, but ultimately, wow. our, our experience... Uh, and so I, I trust that I trust Matthew Kachuk. I think this team's on fire and boy, I cannot wait to celebrate when they win the Stanley cup. No, Bob, so Bob's been really good. He's definitely struggled in the regular season. I just have to pull this. The, the only eight seed to ever win the Stanley the cup was yeah, the, the Los Kings. Angeles Kings. They, they did it a few years ago, right? Okay. Well, we could, ago, but yeah. and I think we'll be the second team ever as an eight seed. Uh, it's the year of the eight seeds in South beach. And so we love it. Oh, uh, God. and so. That is our recap on the NHL. And now it's time to go over to a new... I'm just going to go ahead and pass the reins off to John Michael. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. Welcome to our new segment. It's called Ready, Set, Debate. Let me set the scene for you this evening. In this segment, it was birthed by a random banter that happened in our group chat just last night. And I said, hey, we could we could make a segment out of this. So the idea is simple. One podcaster will come up with a topic, and that podcaster is then considered the judge and the jury. The other two podcasters only know the broad idea of what the topic may be ahead of time. So it's kind of like just knee-jerk reactions. So I texted Dan and Nick earlier today. I said... The broad topic is going to be NBA playoffs, but they do not know yet the topic that I'm going to bring up. And so they're just going to bicker, banter, and fight back and forth. And ultimately, I'm going to be the judge who's done the research on the topic to see who the winner of the debate Dan, there's is no going way. to be. All righty. Are you guys ready? All right. Yeah, we're ready. We're so ready. in Let's one corner, it. we have Mr. Nick Dockweiler. He is chief mastermind right. of this podcast. He is a torn ACL survivor, and he is the Miamiest <laughs> Miami fan there could possibly be. In the other corner, we have Mr. Dan Driscoll. He's a recent college graduate. He is a disc golf semi-professional, and he is a lover of all things Heinz. Okay. Amen. <laughs> we've, we've set the stage. Oh, man. We've set the participants, and the topic is... NBA playoff MVP so far. So, let me explain. We are going to be awarding a bronze, silver, and a gold medal. So each of you will come up with the player that you think deserves the gold, the silver, and the bronze so far in this NBA playoff. This week, Joel Embiid was awarded the MVP for the NBA regular season. We've had a few really, really good, memorable playoff performers so far this postseason. And so I want to hear from you guys, from your mouths, who your top three are whenever you're ready. Dan, I'll let, I'll let you go first. No, you can't let me go first. Right, I don't know anything Nick, about the NBA. Nick, you go first. Nick, I'm giving you a minute. <laughs> I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. All right. You're only giving me a okay, minute to, a, to... A minute and a half. To you each get a minute and a half, and then you each get a minute rebuttal. That'll take us to five minutes. Okay. Okay, I'll I'll go first. So in my bronze slot, I have Steph Curry. Okay, Steph Curry 
led Golden State past Sacramento. Steph Curry had probably the best game seven we've ever seen. I think it's the only he's the only player to score 50 points in a game seven and win that game. And so I think Steph Curry uh, has been bottled up a little bit. He he really hasn't. I mean, there's not really a way to stop Steph. You can just kind of control Steph in a way. Uh, but he's almost he's had like a magic like game in game two against the Lakers. I think he's going to he's going to have a good game in game four. Uh, and so I'm going to give him my bronze medal. Now, this is where John Michael probably is going to roast me or toast me or whatever. Uh, my silver medal is going to go to uh, this pains me to say I'm going to give my silver medal to Jimmy Butler. And here's why. Jimmy Butler led the eight seed Miami Heat to uh, I think it's the sixth time ever that an eight seed has won against the one seed in the NBA playoffs. They're about to be after this series, uh, this quick five game series against New York. Uh, they're going to be the second eight seed to ever make the Eastern Conference Finals or to make a conference finals. And so I think if Jimmy didn't get hurt in game one, uh, the Heat probably sweep the Knicks. On top of that, Jimmy probably has one of his ex- like games where he goes off. Unfortunately, he's playing on a hurt ankle and still dropping 25 and 10 and doing his thing and not really caring that Josh Hart is guarding him. Uh, and finally, my gold medalist, mainly because of the way he's played in these past two games, is going to be Devin Booker. Devin Booker, I think, is averaging 37, which is what Jimmy averaged in the first series, but he's averaged it over the first two series. Uh, Devin Booker's carrying the Suns right now. Uh, he, I believe he's playing the most minutes. He's averaging the most points. He doesn't really care who's guarding him. He's going to make it. I think you said it earlier, John Mike. He's shooting about 70% from the field, which is ridiculous. I mean, 50 you, you shoot 50% for a season, and people think you had a great season. To shoot 70 is insane. Um, and I don't know how sustainable it is. I don't think uh, if we did this at the end of the playoffs that Devin Booker would be the gold medalist at the end. But I think right now he would be my gold medalist. All right, Dan, you're up. All right, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. My my uh, my lineup is very similar, but it has one giant difference. Um, thank you, Google. Okay, so my bronze is definitely gonna be. Uh, I, I'm gonna go Devin Booker in that spot. I agree with you, Nick. I think he's definitely carried the sun so far. Uh, they're right. gonna continue to repeat the same stuff. With you. Um, I have Jimmy Butler too. Um, as much as it pains me to say, I do think that um, you know if the Heat continue to to go far. I mean, I, I guess obviously this is MVP so far, um, and he is the only reason why the Heat are where they are right now. But you left out the MVP of the playoffs so far, and that is my man Joker, uh, Nikola Jokic. Um, man, you're kidding. What? I said you're kidding me. Jokic? No, I'm not kidding you. Listen, listen to me, Nick. Listen to me. All it takes is a very simple Google search to say NBA stat leaders for the playoffs, all right? Let me just paint a picture for you. There is one person that is in the mo- the three most important categories in the NBA. I have points, I have defensive rebounds, and I have assists. Number five, offensive leaders for points in the playoffs behind Anthony Edwards, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, and Devin Booker is Jokic with 30.8. He has been averaging 13.1 rebounds a game, as well as 9.2 assists. He's the only player in all those categories. And I dare say, like we said, I think he's the only reason why Denver is in the position that they are. If they continue to go deep, it's going to be him or nothing. And that is why I have him receiving my gold medal. Look, here's what I'll say. Jokic, I'm not saying Jokic hasn't played well. Jokic has played fine. To leave Steph off the list is is insane to me. Uh, He had a tougher series in the first round. Jokic got a pancake serve to him on a platter with the Timberwolves who are trash made a terrible trade for 
Rudy Gobert. They didn't even have to try in that series. Also, let's stop with this triple-double nonsense. We know the triple-double does not mean anything. Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double for five seasons. The Oklahoma City Thunder did nothing over those five seasons, or however long he did it. The, yeah, but it that's does... regular season. We're talking about the playoffs. And I dare I mean, what has Steph done? Obviously, yeah, he put 50 points up in Game 7, which is awesome. But we're talking about total MVP of the playoffs as of right now. I mean, if we're talking greatest games, he's probably in my top three. But I don't think he's an overall oh. MVP. To, to leave Steph off the list is an insult to Steph. Steph dictates how a team plays defense. You have to, like, the Lakers have to game plan around Steph and basically just deny him the ball and hope that no one else makes shots. That's literally their game plan is let's not give Steph the ball and let's just hope that Clay misses his shots and Draymond doesn't make a couple threes and Jermichael Green doesn't do his thing and Jordan Poole doesn't hit the shots. We're just not going to let Steph do Steph. And I think it's ridiculous to leave him off. And again, I mean, you, you, you don't earn the MVP based off of not scoring because someone's like bottling you up. Like you still got to produce to get, I mean, like if he did the same thing in the regular season, like, I mean, come on. He's not not scoring. He is scoring. That's the crazy part. His team's game plan around him, and they still can't stop him. All right? And uh, I haven't seen somebody, like, Jimmy Butler and Steph Curry, the two people this postseason, to put a team on their back and win. All right? Jokic had a 50-point game last night, and and they lost. They lost. That's, you know, it's it's not a one-man game. And so you have to be able to carry your teammates and win the game. And he's trying to carry his teammates, but he can't do it himself. And that's the difference between who I have and who you have. Jokic cannot do it on his own, whereas Jimmy does it on his own. Steph could do it on his own, and uh, Booker can definitely do it on his own, even though he's got Kevin Durant. But he could do it on his all own right, if gentlemen. he needed to. Yeah. Oh, all right, gentlemen. Fine. So <laughs> I just want to let you know that was great. That was exactly where I was hoping this would go. Now listen, I had a 12-hour work shift today, and I used my 30-minute lunch break to research. So so that I can choose the correct winner. So let me tell you what I came up with and I'll back up my reasons and then I will determine one of you to be the winner. In third, I have Steph Curry. You're right, he had a 50 point game seven. The Warriors just feed off of him. In the first series, he he shot about 50% and averaged 33.7 points per game. However, his team is just five and five in the playoffs. This series versus the Lakers, He's averaging 23.3 points per game on 26 of 57 shooting. So he's cooled off a little bit. Credit goes to the Lakers, but his team is still only five and five. So for that, I have Steph as third. Second, I have Devin Booker. He has scored 30 plus points in seven of nine playoff playoff games, and he leads the playoffs in points per game, field goal percentage, and three-point percentage. In their six wins, he has 38, 45, 47, 47, 36, and 30. And in their three losses, that's when he doesn't play as well. 26 and 27 and 35. So obviously, when Booker plays well, the Suns win. When he doesn't have his good games, they struggle. So in his last three games, he's shooting 14 of 29, 20 of 25 and 14 of 18. That is just wild. Booker is playing out of his mind, which you guys mentioned. He gets the two spot. Now, notice the back of somebody, and I know oh, where you're going to go, but go ahead. One. Tell me who your goal is. Nick, I'm disappointed in you. Number one is Jimmy Butler. Listen, I know you're surprised. <laughs> I'm stunned that you. I, I, all right, I'll let you explain, but I'm stunned that you put Jimmy in number one. Research, okay? Now listen, 
He is six and one in games that he plays this uh, this playoffs. He's about to be seven and one because they're about to win. He yeah. He had thirty five against uh, in game one against Milwaukee, fueled them to victory. He had fifty six on nineteen of twenty eight shooting in game four, and then forty two on seventeen of thirty three shooting in game five. He basically single handedly willed his team to victory against the number one overall seed in the playoffs. And even though he has a hurt ankle, that is wild. Like I said, last last episode, I apologize to Jimmy. We've moved past our differences. He knows that. News that I've reconciled, and I'm not yet ready to apologize to the whole team yet. Listen, listen. What you said? If they won, if they beat yep, the Knicks, you'd apologize the to the whole team. It's a three-one. Listen. Okay. So he shows up defensively. Okay. He brings energy. He's an all-around player. He is getting absolute buckets, and for that, I still have him number one, just slightly above Booker. That could change by the end of the playoffs, but because of this. Listen, Nikola Jokic was a third or a, a very close fourth. I I put him fourth because Denver's the one seed, and he's kind of been doing what he's been doing all year. So this is the first two round of the playoffs. He hasn't done aside from his fifty points last night. He's just been doing Joker things. He's been excellent, but he hasn't really elevated his team really because he hasn't had to yet. Because they played the Timberwolves, they were up 2-0 against Phoenix. I'm interested to see what else he does. He has the chance to leapfrog into one of the top two spots if he continues to show out and uh, beats Phoenix and then continues to show out in the Western Conference Finals. I just don't quite think he's there yet. Like I said, it could change. Um, But because of this, Nick shared the top three. I have to give this debate battle to Nick. I'm sorry, Dan. Uh, That's right. Sorry, Dan. You know, I I fought. I didn't want to have the same three as you. I do have a little I, on my notepad. I did my original. <laughs> my original one was Jimmy Gold, Booker Silver. I wasn't sure about bronze. I was gonna throw seven. Dude, if you would have if you would have done oh, that, man. you would have won. You would have it. You would have it. Well, hey, look, I'm I'm shocked you put Jimmy there. I I figured the last three games he he has played well, but he hasn't played as well as Devin Booker, and so I I stick by what I said. Even though I love Jimmy, I would keep I would keep Booker and Gold, but I like I like those stats. I'm proud of you for putting Jimmy first. I thought you might be a little biased and just leave him off the list. I was about to riot if you had said Jokic in the no, gold listen, and not Jimmy on the list think, at all. I wouldn't think uh, Everybody yeah. who knows basketball and watches basketball understands that Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, and Nikola Jokic have been the top four best players in the playoffs. Um, in in different orders, yeah. depending on what you want to argue. But there's also some honorable mentions like James Harden. You know, he has really high highs and really low lows. He played well. Jalen Brunson, yeah. Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis. All those guys deserve mention, but they're not in the same categories as first four guys. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, that takes us to the end of episode three of What's Up, Doc. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and we hope to catch you next yeah, week. Bye, everyone.